Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Six Ways from Sunday podcast. This week, I've got Robin sitting with me again. We've just poured a fresh cup of coffee and we've just been chatting about uh, our dogs and about the weather. And we usually let the conversation get started for a few minutes before we turn on the mics. But our plan for this week, uh, each week we, we pick a different topic that relates to faith and and life in general, and often it relates back to uh, stories from the Bible and uh, some of the messages that Robin has planned for his weekly blog and for the sermon coming up the following Sunday. And uh, so I asked Robin this morning, what should we talk about this week? And he said, we should talk about patience. And then he proceeded to be half an hour late to come and sit down with me for coffee this morning. So I was having to uh, to use some patience this morning. But I'm not sure beyond that what exactly uh, we're going to get into or what you have in store, Robin. But thank you for finally... Finally showing up. For finally yeah. showing up. Well, I'll tell you. There's, uh, I actually have two reasons why. Um, uh, and one relates to coffee. Um, the the thing is, the, the very first thing I'd say, though, Ben, in response to that was not... Uh, I mean, obviously, it's, I'm sorry I'm late. Um, but the dogs were outside, and it's nice, and they were enjoying themselves, and it was hard to get them back into the house. It's spring. Um, I was finding it difficult to be patient with them. Um, but um, the other thing is, the other thing is that um, I'm sorry I was so late, but like what I would then say is, what did you do with your patience? Um, because that's the thing. This is how it relates to coffee. Um, so here's the thing. Like every week we sit down, we have a coffee, and I know coffee is important to you. You like your coffee. You like your fancy coffee. You like the flavor. You like, you know, to do it a certain way. You have your favorite places to go to get coffee, your favorite places to go to have coffee, you know, when you're out, stuff like that. And uh, I don't care. Um, Because, I mean, not that you don't, I don't care. I mean, I care that you have your favorite places. I don't care because I don't like the taste of coffee. Um, I drink coffee because I like the caffeine. So let's be clear right from the start. It's not the taste that I like. It's the caffeine. Yeah. I'm probably addicted to it too, which is, you know, whatever. But um, but I like the caffeine. So I also like that it's hot. But the taste of coffee, like I don't like coffee flavored, like mocha flavored cakes really? and stuff like that. Do you I like just the smell don't, of no. coffee? I love the smell of coffee. Lori's weird like that too. She loves the smell of coffee but won't drink it. Yeah, a lot of um, people like the smell and, but don't like the taste. Well, here's the thing. So... Because I only drink it because I like the caffeine, I'm not very patient about how I get it, right? Uh, so, like, mm-hmm. I like to go to the uh, – I, I love to go to places like like I'll go, stop at a gas station and get a coffee, mm-hmm. right, because it's fast. Um, and at home, uh, we have for had for a while um, the worst possible appliance that you can have in your kitchen. Um, actually, I guess there's two, Keurig or Tassimo, whichever one you like. Um, we had a Keurig. And the only reason I liked it was because it was fast, yeah, they're convenient. Right? It's convenient. You put the thing in, you turn it on, you got coffee right away. Um, the thing is, first of all, they're really bad for the environment. They are. Those little um, pods not, are I, I, I'm terrible. I'm not meaning to slam, you know, but, but it, although they now have recyclable ones, right, yep. that you, know, you, you have to take them apart if you have the patience for that. Oh, there's patience again. But it again. kind of defeats the purpose of a, a super convenient, quick appliance yes, that you just press a button. And right. now you have to do all that extra work but again. That's you might as well go back okay, to your... So the thing is, the thing is that not only are they bad for the environment, but, you know, they're disgusting. <laughs> I mean, even if you clean them, there's so many... There, in fact, even if you clean them, there's so many parts and things where they can get dirty or they can grow mold and algae and crap, you know, stuff like that. And um, the thing is that that's unfortunately also the case when it comes to things like um, like your regular coffee maker, right? You still have to clean it. Yeah. Your, your basic old school, you know, you stick the thing Drip underneath and it machine, drips, yeah. right? Um, and uh, so I thought to myself, uh, what am I going to do? Um, and then I thought, hey, Ben uses a French press. I'm going to try one of those. Because, I mean, how, how that's got to be like the best way, right? Because basically you're going to boil water. Uh, okay, you get, you get a little scale in your thing that you're boiling the water in but whatever you, you're boiling your water you're pouring it into the thing right onto the coffee you wait a few minutes you press the thing down you've got coffee you're good to go right okay so, so here's the one? thing though i went and got one and i got some really nice coffee and so i i used it for the first time this morning how did it go well the thing is 
I'm worried I don't have the patience for it. <laughs> what? Yeah, I, believe it or not, after all of that, we are coming to the patience part. And here's the, th- I know what you're thinking, but it takes hardly any time. Right, okay, so it, you're supposed to, like, put the water into the th- the coffee, and which, of course, you have to grind first, right? Because with a French press, you have to use coarse grind coffee because the fine stuff gets stuck in the filter. Um, so... I, I needed to get a grinder too, by the way. So I got one of those, and then I ground my beans, and then I put them in the thing. I boiled the water, I poured the water in, and then I stared at it for four minutes, which is the point at which I realized I may not have the patience for this. Um, but then it got worse because, okay, the coffee was nice. I liked the coffee. Um, but then I had to clean it out. <laughs> And, right. of course, you know, you can recycle your coffee grounds in the garden and stuff like that, right? But I, I, I'm just, I'm not sure I have the patience for using one of these things. And I know what you're thinking. Right, so you're going to let it sit for four minutes, and then you got to clean it out afterwards. But, like, what's the big deal? Like, that's, like, minutes out of your day. And that's just the problem with patience. Is that we think patience is about waiting, Mm-hmm. Right, not getting what we and, want. And fast usually, enough. yeah, usually, usually it's about we think worse than that. We think it's uh, waiting with anticipation, right? Because you have in, invariably you have an expectation of what's coming at the yes. end of your patience, right? And how often, how often do parents you hear parents say to their kids, "Just sit there and be patient." Yeah, it's about we learn that it's about waiting, mm-hmm. and and waiting with some expectation or anticipation, which means not only are you waiting. If you don't, if it doesn't meet your expectation, then there's a problem on top of that, right? Yeah. Right? Um, and that's the thing is that I, if we stop thinking of patience as just plain waiting, we might actually be able to do something about that. So are you suggesting then that it's more about uh, releasing the expectation itself or oh, just... Oh, that'd be, that'd, be, that'd be the second part. Sure. Okay. That'd be the second part. But I think the first part is what you do with patience in the first place. And and what made me think about this, and particularly because it's Lent, right? Lent is a mm-hmm. time when we're supposed to be, you know, having our wilderness experience and taking time to to uh, um, taking time to do some self-examination and wonder and stuff. And how do we normally do that? What, like sit in a chair and stare at the window, <laughs> right? Go <laughs> or for we a give walk. up coffee. Or we give up, yeah, give up something, right? Because the sacrifice focuses you. Yeah, sure it does. Um, and the thing is, he, there's a story, um, and it's the uh, it's a gospel story um, this week actually in Lent. There's a story um, that goes something like this: um, the um, uh, some people come to Jesus. He's been teaching stuff and doing his thing, and they say, "So okay." Um, some bad stuff happened to these people, and they died. Um, some bad stuff happened to these people. They, they, you know, Herod, Herod murdered these people, um, and these people were killed in this accident, so they must be bad people, right? Because why would, else would God be punishing them? You know, it must have been God doing that to punish them, and Jesus goes, no. No, it isn't. Um, and And part of Jesus' explanation around that, which you'd think we would have got by now, especially people who say things like um, tornadoes and and floods and hurricanes are God's punishment on people. Um, you think they would have read this passage that has Jesus going, no, it's not. And in fact, Jesus' key point of Jesus' ministry was the people that he healed and restored to society were people that were on the margins because something had happened to them. Therefore, God must be punishing them. That was how people thought. Of course. So, so here's this picture of these people going, this happened to these people, so they must, they must have done something bad. And Jesus goes, no, that's not how it works. Um, and I, I think the point that Jesus is trying to make to that, and don't worry, be patient, I'm coming to the patient part. Um, <laughs> The uh, the thing that is that I think the point that Jesus is trying to make is that is that it's not about it's not about um, God punishing people at all. In fact, if we live and this is this is my how I would interpret this my because this is you'll recognize this language you will recognize this language I've used before um, is that um, if we all as human beings as free will have free will 
then to a certain extent, nature and creation, creation has its own sense of free will. I'm not suggesting chaos or that stuff just kind of randomly happens, but yes, it does. Um, right? There's a, and freedom, there's, to a certain extent, how, that freedom means stuff is going to happen. Yeah. Um, and that's what happens. It's not God making stuff happen. It's, and, it's such a difficult principle or concept to, to wrap our minds around because... We want we, answers. We want there to be clear answers. You bet. We, we want things to fit into a box, and we want things to either um, fit the model of order or fit the model of chaos. And it's kind of like when you think about physics and early days of physics when they're um, you know, first proposing these theories that, well, let's look at light. Let's look at a photon of light traveling through space like from, from the sun. That light is sort of like a particle and it's sort of like a wave. So we had the particle theory and then we have mm -hmm. wave theory and then physicists come along and say, well, it's kind of like particle slash wave. Mm -hmm. And it, so then you're trying to fit it into one of these two boxes and they're saying, no, it's kind of, yeah. we got to have an explanation. Both. Yep. And, and so uh, there are examples of that, but it, it's still a struggle for our, our minds to, to try yeah. to we like it we like a good mystery right we like a good mm -hmm. mystery and everybody loves a good mystery as long as there's a resolution at the end right so we create characters like detectives that solve the mystery mm -hmm. right uh, one way one way or another um because we got to have resolution and the well, thing is throughout jesus mystery, uh, ministry um he's constantly being asked by his disciples and by just people in in the communities that he was yeah ministering in What's the answer? But yeah. but tell us, but tell us the answer. Right. So so here's an example of tell us the answer. Right. Uh, the, the very thing. Um, obviously, they must have done something, and God punished them. And Jesus goes, no. Um, and 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 I, I my again my interpretation of that of it, his explanation is um, there is freedom, right? Freedom isn't just the. Uh, um, the possibility of like potential, right. Of, of good things. It's also the potential for not good things. Mm -hmm. Right. So, so there's freedom in the universe, essentially, not just for you and me, but in the universe, right? Yeah. It's just, it, it's, it's possibility. And then he tells a story, which is where it gets weird because you'd think that would be enough. And so, you know, people like, here's a question that is a mystery to me. Why is Pat Robertson still on TV? Um, it, the, people will say stuff about, you know, this is God's punishment on so-and-so because they did this, which I happen to disagree with. So obviously it's God's punishment. Um, no, first of all, just because you disagree with it doesn't mean they should be punished by God. Yeah. Let's like, be clear. Who are you to decide? Yeah. Who do you think you are? Since Jesus made it pretty clear, if not the rest of the Bible made it pretty clear that God's the one who decides. Thanks very much. Um, but secondly, um, God doesn't do that. And, and if God did do that, that would not be a God I would, I would want. I would not believe in that God. I'm sorry. I, I can't do that. Um, the God that I believe in is loving and caring and is present, whether it's a good thing that's happening or a bad thing that's happening. And when God is present with a good thing, God celebrates with us. And when God present, is present when something bad happens, um, I can't imagine that God is doing anything but crying too. Right? So, like, we have a horrific thing happen in New Zealand on Friday. And, um, it, you know, you want an explanation. And so people are looking who to, mm. frankly, who to blame. Mm -hmm. Right. And the thing is, y you can't do that. Um, there is of sorts an explanation of what happened. The bigger question is the important part. Um, asking the bigger question of why is that the explanation of what happened? Mm. What's going on in the world and with us that that kind of thing's happening, right? Yeah. And that's, and that's not, do about it's it? not like it's an isolated incident, although as the person who did that, unfortunately pointed out, one of the reasons he did it where he did was because that kind of thing never happens there, right? When stuff like that happens in Canada, we go, that doesn't happen here. Yes, it does. So what are we going to do about it? Yeah. And this is the part where it connects to the story that Jesus tells after it. Um, like he answers her question and then he goes, I got a story. I got a story. And he says, um, 
there's a guy who owns some property and he's got some fig trees. And there's a fig tree, uh, it's been planted, he's had it for three years, uh, and there's no fruit on it. So the guy who owns the property goes to his gardener and he says, dig that up and get rid of it. Just burn it because uh, it's not producing any figs. And the gardener goes, just hang, hang on a second, give me one more year and I'll, I'll take care of it and I'll water it and I'll uh, fertilize it and all this kind of stuff. I'll take care of it and just, just give it one more year. End of the story. Right? In other words, Jesus doesn't say whether the tree produced figs. It doesn't say whether the the uh, the guy who owns the property said, okay. Um, Are you serious? That's it, the end of the story? That's the end of the story. Um, so the thing is, we usually interpret that story. Here's how we usually interpret that story. Forget everything I said before now, because here's how we usually interpret that story. We interpret that as we're the fig tree, the yeah. gardener's Jesus, yeah. and the guy who owns the property is God. Yeah, that's the Sunday school version right, right there. In other words, uh, we have see, we have failed to produce as God wanted, so that's it for us. Judgment is coming. Right. And uh, Jesus is the mediator. Yeah, he's going to give us right? one last chance. But still doesn't answer the question of, okay, so is Jesus successful in his mediation? Or is the tree redeemed? Do we, it's the tree, yes. Do we produce fruit or is that it? Um, and that's our that's our conventional under, yeah. uh, interpretation of that but story. I thought the story ended like that it came to a resolution. But in that scripture, nope. hang right? on though, hang on though. I must be confusing it with another the, fig tree a, story. A, there's there's a, yeah, there are other fig tree stories. Yeah, <laughs> Jesus curses a fig tree. There's another story. Yeah, um, there's a guy who owns a vineyard, and yeah, and there's lots of stories. Lots of parables. Yeah. But here's the thing about the story: is um, that's our conventional understanding of the story. Uh, and, and then it's kind of, so what is going to happen? What do we do? How do we produce fruit? We're the tree. Let's pay attention to the gardener. Let's, let's you know, follow Jesus, you know, and that's okay, fine. All right, that's great. Um, because it does create the potential for us to produce fruit, as it were. Mm -hmm. Okay. But what if, what if we're not the tree? What if God's the tree and we're the person who owns property and we're impatient because God hasn't produced yet, hmm. right? God hasn't answered my prayers the way I wanted. God hasn't done what I wanted God to do. God has done stuff I didn't want God to do. What the hell? Yeah. Gotta go. I'm not going to believe. And Jesus goes, the gardener goes, hang on let's let's just work this a little bit let's try and work on the relationship here okay what if we're the gardener okay what if we're the gardener and uh the the tree is um the world or another person in your or life. another person in your life yeah right Circ your, your circumstances that right. you wish were different yeah um, and the thing is that, that th this is where I think the whole thing about patience comes into play in all of this is that, um, we think of patience as just sitting and waiting. The tree just sat there and did nothing, but then so did the gardener. Apparently, if only now the gardener's thinking, let me put some fertilizer on that. Let me water it. Cause if I were the guy who owned the property, I'd be going, what the hell were you doing before now? What was that? Yeah. Was I paying you? And if the answer is, well, I've been watering it and fertilizing it all along, it'd be like, so what? How many years do I have to wait for this damn tree to produce anything? Which is actually an interesting thing about the story, right? Is I don't know how many years it takes figs to produce actually produce fruit from when you've been plant when you've planted them, um, but I imagine it takes more than three years. <laughs> it very well could. I, 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 I think. I think. But. It, then I think of, is it, uh, what is it that, um, is it cork trees that they don't actually produce anything of value for like 20 years? Really? The trees that we get cork from? Yeah. Um, but, but see, there's plants, then there's trees and there's animals and people that are like that. From the moment you invest in them, it takes some time to actually produce something that you might think is valuable. Mm. So again, there you might want to consider whose value what like what do you mean by valuable what's the value is it isn't the tree valuable just because it's a freaking tree for crying out loud 
Well, like, you know what I mean? It's I a living thing. It's just not doing what you want it to yet. So let's so, look at a few human examples of that. I was going to say, there's there's plenty of human... And what about children? I was just... I was going to bring up children and politicians. So... Okay. All right. All right. On, no politicians. On opposite ends of the spectrum. You have a child and... I mean, we all get impatient with our children, for sure. Especially with just poor behavior, um, you know, tantrum. It's hard to they not get They don't learn impatient. fast enough. Yeah, well, yeah. They don't meet our expectations for things. But you have this underlying understanding that... Um, what about when they don't love things that we love, right? Yeah, that, that can be right? frustrating. You but know, you, when I was a kid, I loved that. Why don't you? Why aren't you more like I, me? I sometimes almost slip into that. I want, to, I want to project onto my kids that I want them to take piano lessons or I want them to learn this or learn that because I did. But at the same time, yeah, there's freedom, an underlying ben. understanding that it's going to take their, they're going to take their own path. It's going to take years and years for them to mature into their own person. They have that freedom. Are you going to make me do it like like Mel in uh, Braveheart? Braveheart? Yeah. Because I'm not going to, so don't wait for it. But but, because they have freedom. Yes, they have freedom. But on the other hand of that spectrum, you have politicians where you have expectations of what they're going to produce. Mm -hmm. They have a four-year term or they have a whatever length term. And if they're not producing and creating the policies and changes that that they promised uh that they campaigned on that you expected the reasons you voted for them you boot them out of office because right time is time is everything we only have you know what i mean maybe you have to also ask the question um that is again also related to patients so you have to ask the question um did you vote for them so that they do what you want or did you vote for them because they do what's best for everyone that's not the same thing. Yeah, you, you hope that you find a leader right? that can can do yeah. both of those. Think at of the how same time. often people vote for the person that they just they they're going to deliver what I want, mm-hmm. right? And that's not what. Uh, sorry, but that's not what governing is about. Governing is about what's best for everyone, and that's everyone from one end of the country to the other. Um, and that's, that's one of the reasons why I'd never want to be a politician. It's also one of the reasons why people don't like politicians. It's also one of the reasons why people don't trust politicians <laughs> is because if I elected you in my part of the country to do something that's good for me here and you do something that's good for somebody in another part of the country that involves me having to sacrifice something, then it's a problem. Yeah. You didn't do what I wanted. Right. Um, and, and that's true. That's any country in the world, any country in the world, because people are, that's what we're like. Right. Um, and so part of part of our thing, we need to broaden our thinking and we need to actually understand that if we live in community, then we need to be aware that the community might need something that we don't or mm. that the community might not need something that we do. Um, and it becomes a question of how do you work that out? Mm. Right. Mm-hmm. So so that's the thing. And the same thing's true with kids. Right. Uh, and you and, and just with people in general, um, it's about our perspective tends to be from me. What do I want? Yeah. Why aren't you more like me? Why don't you like things that I like? Why don't you want things that I want? Why don't you want to give me the things I want? You know, it's all that tends to be our perspective, which is why the whole idea of Jesus trying to create community and build relationship and remind people that we're here for a relationship is so important, uh, is that is that when we engage in relationships with other people, we're nurturing and we're building and we're growing, right? Um, and so coming back to the story with the tree, um, I, I, I kind of like to, I like the idea that, well, I, I, I like the idea that you can look at this story and be anybody in this story. You can be the tree. Sure, you can be the tree. Um, because one of the things we're also not really good at is uh, accepting nurture and care and love right absolutely um you can also be the person who uh owns the property that the tree's on because you should be damn well more patient um Mm. (laughs) and and be open to the fact that you can't make the universe do what you want there's freedom right Mm -hmm. i Um, really like that interpretation that and it's always fun to look at uh, parables that Jesus taught and and flip the roles of like, well, maybe he meant for you to think of yourself as this part of the story instead of the 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 easy um, 
the interpretation that we would typically default yeah. to. Dom- and, and I really like that one where you're, you're the landowner and sometimes God is yeah. the tree and we expect this fruit to come just because it's what we want and we we think that that should happen on a specific timeline and yeah and it's just it's funny how, uh, <laughs> how it works dominic crossman wrote a really uh cool book a really thin cool little book that was about how uh it's about story and it's about how we we live in story right um and that's our perspective and then he talks about parables and the the thing is that we look at we have a tendency to look at a parable and go for the immediately obvious understanding of the parable and in fact, the point of parables is the exact opposite. In, invariably, the point of the parable is to flip the story so that you'll look at it from a different angle. Um, mm. And so, I, I think I think the other thing about this story, though, is that you can look at it, and you can, of course, you can be the gardener, right? The one who nurtures and cares, right? Um, the one who uh, kind of gets between um, the demands and expectations and what someone is capable of if they were just encouraged and 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 uh, supported and and nurtured right mm. but the other thing is that you can also be you can also be more than one character in this story because you can be both the person who owns the property and the gardener um, and I think looking at the, looking at it from the perspective of trying to connect those that's that relationship like we immediately you go okay the relationship clearly the relationship between the the property owner and the tree is broken, um, but the relationship between the gardener and the tree is not. It's obviously about that's the. Except, what about the relationship between the property owner and the gardener? And and that's what makes me think of about more about patience is when we tend to think of patience as simply being waiting. It's no wonder I didn't want to have French press coffee, because um, I was just basically it's like you know you what's that uh, thing about um, a watched. Pot a never boils. Pot, pot never yeah. boils. Yeah. Um, yeah. Of course, it feels like that because you're standing there doing nothing. Well, the time to distract ticks you by. From, yeah. And whereas and, at the church, you use your drip machine and you put the grinds in, you pour the water in, you press a button, and then you and walk, walk back away. to your office. And here's that same the amount thing. of time goes by. Exactly. Is is that's the difference? Is patience isn't just standing and waiting. Patience, I think, is about what you do with that time right what you do with that time between um this moment and the moment i expect something mm-hmm. um or um uh to to happen and my expectations of what it is that will happen right what are you going to do with that time mm-hmm. and if all we do is sit and wait of course we're going to be impatient of course it's not going to meet our expectations because that whole time all we've done while we sat and waited was build our expectations and anticipation greater mm-hmm. when in fact what we could be doing is something useful right? <laughs> with that time, right? Um, and it could be even something that's connected to what it is that we hope will happen. In other words, we could be nurturing not just ourselves into the moment of it happening, we could be nurturing the thing itself into happening, right? So... Instead of instead of treating patience as simply just sit and wait, um, it what if we looked at it as being more about engaging, right? Mm. Um, and and engaging uh, in in something that helps to build the relationship to what it is we're yeah. waiting for. We we often um, talk about everything you just said. Often comes up when when uh, people talk about prayer or asking God for. I mean, there's, you talked before in the past about um, there's these different forms of prayer. There's prayers of thanksgiving, there's prayers of intercession, there's prayers of... Uh, but a lot of us will come to God with requests, basically, <laughs> like a, a wish Meet my list. needs, God. This is what I want, this is what I need. And it's not always selfish. It's sometimes, you know, this neighbor or friend or relative of mine is ill, and I'm praying for that person. Mm-hmm. I'm praying for health for those people, or I'm praying for the victims of the, of the shooting in New Zealand. It's not always selfish, but it's often an ask. It's not often mm-hmm. just uh, an open conversation with God or just sitting and being with God or um, bringing gratitude to God. It's, it's often there's an expectation attached or something that you yeah. want. And then these questions come up of how long do I have to wait? Or does God hear every prayer? Does he, 
does God answer every prayer and it's just on God's timeline instead of on our timeline, but eventually, yes, it will be answered right. or that request will be fulfilled, that expectation will be fulfilled. It just might look different than what God's you expected. God's time is best. Yeah, and we and we hear right. all of those messages, you know, that God's God works mysterious ways is another thing we often hear. Or yeah, this is on in God's God's time, not in our time. Right. But even with those um those messages that we often hear, there's still that underlying, yeah, but eventually X is gonna happen. Or eventually God is gonna fulfill this. God's gonna make it right. God God makes all things whole. Right. So there's still that attachment, that expectation. And what, I just wonder what would it look like to come to God without any of that? Like maybe that's what true right. patience would be. And I well, like what you're saying about that it requires engagement. It's not just a, I'm going to yeah. sit here patiently and wait for God to do his thing the way a pear tree there's or a fig a, tree eventually will hopefully grow something. I, I know I've seen this as a meme but I'm pre- on Facebook, but I'm pretty sure that, that it's based in... From, it comes from somebody who's m- a much more profound theological thinker. Um, and it's the thing about, you know, somebody prays, you know, oh, God, when are you going to fix this or when are you going to make this happen? And God's answer is, what do you think you're for? Mm-hmm. Right. And because <clears throat> we, we know all these we know all these bi- uh, biblical stories, right, of waiting, right? The the um, the people wait, the the. Um, uh, the the Hebrews in in Egypt waited patiently, not um, waited for for their freedom. Right? They waited. They were you know enslaved and waiting. They were mm. basically waiting for Moses. Um, and um, we uh, what about what about um, Simeon? Right? We tell that story right after Christmas. Of um, they take the baby Jesus to be to the temple to to be named, and um, Simeon, who is old and blind and has been sitting there forever uh, in the temple, um, you know, um, I can I can die now in peace because I have seen the Savior, mm-hmm. right? I've I've been waiting, right? Um, and Anna as well, right? There's um, been waiting for Jesus, um, and and so it just that we tell that story like, yep, they've been. Waiting uh, by, you know, they've been building the bricks to build the the pyramids and the temples and all that kind of stuff. And he, they've just been, you know, waiting. They haven't been doing anything. They've mm-hmm. just been waiting. And, you know, Simeon and Anna were basically just sitting in a corner of the temple for, you know, 60 years just waiting. No. They were doing stuff. Right, and even even those who were even those who were slaves in Egypt, uh, and when I say doing stuff, I don't mean they were just building like being slaves. They were they were praying, they were asking God, um, they were they were trying to figure out what they can do. They were seeking. Um, they were yeah, and 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 that's that's the thing. Again, um, we we tend to focus so much on uh, we just sit and wait for it to happen, or if we ask God, better do it, yeah. or I guess God's not there to help me. Um, and, and I just kind of like, like, but what are you doing? You know, one of the, one of the great, one of the great things about prayer, um, who is it that said, uh, pray with my feet? Was that Martin Luther King? I can't remember. It's gone out of my head. I I know I just saw it recently on something. Um, but, um, the thing is that, that you can't, you can't just kind of say, oh God, will you do this please? And, you know, wait for it to happen. Um, you got to do something. Yeah. And one of the great things about prayer isn't so much um, even necessarily the idea that we, we, you know, hand this over to God to do. It's what it inspires in us to do, right? How prayer, mm-hmm. prayer moves us. How community prayer moves a community. How um, even, even things like, you know, uh, so-and-so is sick in the hospital and so somebody starts a prayer chain, mm-hmm. right? The, the power of that prayer uh, isn't solely in what they're asking of God. It's in the act of all of those people doing it, right? There's mm-hmm. an energy in that. There's a power in that, um, and, and that, that doesn't detract. The... That doesn't detract in any way from the idea that we pray um, to God or to love or to the power in the universe, whatever we call that. Um, but the fact of the matter is, one of the things about prayer is is its ability to bond and and mm-hmm. and uh, and also to inspire. Right. So again, patience, like prayer, isn't just about 
I can't wait for this to be delivered to me. Mm-hmm. It's about what are you going to do in the meantime that that uh, creates a better environment for what you're expecting or or what you're hoping will happen. Um, it, it, it's not just sitting waiting. It's what are you going to do? I really like when we get to places in a conversation each week where something that you say reminds me of what we talked about last week or what we talked about a month ago. And so last week we were exploring this story that came out in the news of uh, saying that there are 9,000 church buildings or church congregations across Canada that are in danger of closing their doors over the next 10 years. And the, the primary reason for that is congregations are getting smaller. There's less money coming in through offering. It's, it's a struggle that is very real for almost all faith groups. But everything that you're just talking about right now is so related to that because how often are those churches that are struggling falling into that trap of we tried to be patient, God, we were waiting, we were hoping just, but passively, passively hoping, passively waiting, passively praying that more people would start coming to church or that somebody would be super generous and give this giant donation that was going to help them get through the rest of the year again. And when you're disengaged from some of the action that, that you could be taking to make the circumstance different, then is that being patient? Maybe not. No. And well, it, no. And here's actually... Since you since you brought it up, here's another thing worth looking at at this story. Uh, wh- what happens if the tree didn't produce? It it occurs to me that um, it occurs to me that uh, when we we talk about things like well, even just the way we said, and and I'm going to say we because I said the same thing, the way we said nine thousand churches are in danger of closing. Are they in danger of closing, or should some of them close? Maybe some of them should close. Mm, maybe some, maybe of the- some of them should close so that something different or better or more meaningful or more relevant can something happen. Something new can happen. In other words, it's not just about death. It's about resurrection, mm. right? And maybe that's part of this story is that um, if we focus on the relation- relational part, right, the, the action part, Maybe part of the story is, what if the tree dies? What, what if the tree dies because it doesn't produce, and so it's dug up and replaced with something else? Or what if the tree simply dies um, instead of producing fruit? What do you do then? Well, you could replace it with another tree. Mm-hmm. Um, the assumption is that If you're that impatient, you probably... Yeah, the assumption is it's bad. But in fact... This could be, again, a tale of death and resurrection. That's, that's not, I don't think that's the key part of the story. I think the key part of the story is the relational aspect of it. Yeah. Um, the, the, um, the, the, the nurture and encouragement part of it, right? The, the building a relationship um, that allows for um, things to grow um, for there to for the for there to be fruit, right? For the relationship yeah. to bear fruit. We're seeing seeing the tree as the value of the tree right. is its potential, not its yeah. immediate. What is it producing right now? But seeing that the value in yeah. that that tree, that person, that institution, that whatever, yeah. is its potential, and believing in the potential. But of it's it. also true that we may have relation. Well, uh, uh, to be painfully blunt we invest in a relationship and nurture it and it grows and the person we have that relationship with dies. Um, we grieve that loss. Uh, we absolutely do. But does grieving that loss negate all of the, what we put into it? No, it does not. Mm-hmm. Um, do, when we grieve that loss, do we then simply leave a hole? <laughs> um, or uh, are we inspired by the greatness of the relationship that we had to share that with others Mm. um, and nurture and build and grow more right right? not something else but more not to replace because it's about the relationship not the the piece it's yeah and 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 i just i think that's that's again another piece of this kind of um you know we're just you know, we're just patiently waiting for the right person to come along. 
Well, if you're doing that by just sitting there waiting for, like, that's accomplishing nothing, first of all. And secondly, you are actually not only not creating um, an environment, a, a positive nurturing environment for that relationship to happen, you're actually doing the opposite, right? Mm -hmm. you're, you're so hyping your anticipation, your expectation, your all of that stuff um, that um, when the quote-unquote right person does come along, you're likely to not see that because you've created an unrealistic um, uh you've created an unrealistic expectation of what the relationship should be. Yeah. Right. Or that's when you meet that person, that's what you bring to it instead of being open to what they bring and what is possible. Mm -hmm. right? And I think it's about also looking at or thinking about what's possible, not for like in, in this story, maybe the, the, the landowner or the gardener, or the caretaker, instead of focusing so much on their are no figs on the branches of this tree thinking about what is it that we want here we want a fruitful garden well maybe that's not the right place to have planted a fig tree maybe this this sure. uh garden needs uh, to have the slope changed or you know uh there's um there's other things that could be planted around the fig tree that would help to retain water better or like there's so much more context right and it relating to the whole overall picture of this sure. garden beyond just this one plant. Sure. Unless you're somebody who's not patient enough to explore this story beyond the original conventional understanding of how we've interpreted it for 2,000 years. Yeah. Right? I mean, well, that's, again, there's there's an example of the negative part of not having the freedom or openness to explore beyond you know, that initial piece, right? Um, somebody said it's X, and so it's going to darn well be that. Well, what if it isn't? And by the way, what if I don't understand things or, um, or, or know things the same way that X says, right? Um, maybe I have a different understanding. Maybe I have a different understanding of what I'm supposed to be versus what you're telling me I should. That's part of the story, right? Mm -hmm. What if the tree is intentionally not growing fruit because it doesn't want to or <laughs> do you know what i mean though it, yeah. that's i mean that's i'm starting to sound it's actually starting to sound a little bit ridiculous now but but the thing is that if if we simply go it's this i don't want to hear anything else um we're not um that's that's the, we're not we're simply not being patient enough to be open to the freedom of other things that yeah. could be um and and again we're back at uh a very negative p part but we're back at patience, right? Um, of being not just uh, uh, not just waiting, but being open to um, what you can do while you're waiting, right? What's possible while you're waiting? It's kind of like to, to me. It's kind of like the people who um, uh, you know. It's the, the argument about if we're if God forgives us and God's grace and love is for everyone and we're all going to heaven. Why do I need to be good now? <laughs> Right, because I'm going to heaven, I can you know just be a total asshole now, right? Because you know I'm going to get forgiven. I'm going to. That's not how it works. No. The way it works is, and and by the way, you don't just like lock yourself away and wait for the rapture, either, right? The way it works, and this is the whole point of Jesus. It's the whole point of Jesus. It's the whole point of um, having a living example a living uh well living right is that it's it's not we don't live this life in order to get into another one we live this life because it is this life and we live it in a we hope to live it in a way which grows and nurtures and 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 gives us the best life mm -hmm. which is the whole point of jesus right um it's about this life it's not about getting into heaven um so if your response to God's love is for everyone and God's grace and freedom, God's grace is for all and you have the freedom to live how you live is to, oh great, then I'm just going to be an asshole for my whole life. Then you totally missed the whole point of Jesus. Yeah. Not just Jesus either, but others in other traditions. Um, and apparently a lot of people have missed that. <laughs> um, right? It's, which is why the the... Or, or intentionally, 
missed it. Uh, that's why that's why the world is the kind of place that it is, right? Is that we've we've kind of decided to go whole hog with the I got freedom to do whatever the hell I want versus what's because it's good for me versus what's what's good for for me and others and my relationship with others and what's good for the world what's good for the community what can i do that would help and support others mm -hmm. not just me um because there's a the thing is that we you might respond to that by going but but what am i getting out of that well hello relationship good and positive things right and we're, again we're so impatient to get, nope, I want a financial return, for starters. Mm -hmm. I want to be able to buy my stuff. Okay, hang on, though. Isn't it better to have, you know, lots of, like, have, have friends and have people that you care for and, and that you, whose lives you're important to? And isn't, isn't that better than stuff? Which, and you can even look at those rewards or those, um, the, the, that interpretation of a meaningful life as well still kind of for me so i get to help others well i get to feel good so it feeds my ego yeah. or i you know donate to the church and i feel feel i get to feel like a good person so there's always some point where it comes back to to ourself or to our ego or to our individual right. um nature and, and wanting to feed that yes but uh but that's that's a, a struggle. But that it's is also a more long-term investment. It is, but it's a struggle right? that's worth pursuing and and exploring the nuance of and the complexity yeah. of of that of life as a human. That yeah. yes, although uh, there might be a selfish um, component to um, to anything that we do, what do we decide is a meaningful life and how we create that? Another piece of this. Uh, story too. The, another piece of this parable is around the impatience of what I want now versus what's good in the long term, right? Um, and and that's again, there's us being the landowner. We want a return on investment right now. I want that thing, yeah, because it's making me feel good right now. Um, I don't want I don't want to spend time investing in something that you know, twenty years from now, I'm going to look back at my life and go, yeah, that was a really good thing. I want it now. I had a friend who used to. Uh, used to say are you a one cookie kid or a two cookie kid you can have one cookie now or you can have two cookies later and some people are a one cookie kid and other people see the yeah. value of patience and and decide you know whether it's i'm going to invest money now um because it's going to make my retirement years more comfortable versus buying some shiny toy with that money in my 20s or 30s you know what i mean yeah or yeah, I think there's also there's also room, and again, this is where you start to. I think you can explore these stories well beyond. And this is this is why this is why the, like the, the biblical stories are are so relevant. Is you can explore them well beyond somebody's original conventional interpretation, right? Mm -hmm. So this obviously is now going to take us into the realm of what's balance in life, right? Can you can you uh, can you balance? Uh, what is going to be good in the long term with what makes you feel good right now? Um, and what are those things? Like, is it is it about stuff? Is it about um, people? Is it about, what it, what's it about? Mm. Uh, and, and so here we are, like, again, it's Lent, the time of exploring and wondering. It's a great time to be thinking about that. Yeah, it really is. And that's um, potentially a good topic for us to explore next week or at some point in the future too mm -hmm. is that achieving balance and striving for that all of these topics that we get into are always interconnected and so it's like i said before it's fun to tie them into previous conversations we've had um it always by the end of an episode I'm, i've always got one or two ideas of oh we should talk about this another time or we should uh continue the conversation in this way or down this path so Actually, that brings me to one thing I wanted to share with our audience is, is that uh, because Robin and I sit down every week, or if it's not Robin, sometimes it's a, a guest, um, we're always open to suggestions for things to talk about. So if you enjoy listening to the podcast, we'd love to hear from you and hear your suggestions or ideas of 
something that would be meaningful to you, something that you struggle with, something that you think um, would be a good conversation or that Robin's wisdom might offer some, shed some light uh, for you, um, just get in touch with us. And uh, like I've said before, you can either just message Robin or myself directly if you, if you know us. Or uh, if you don't, you can find our contact info at risingspiritministry.com. And a good email address to use to get in touch with us is risingspiritministry at gmail.com. That's another easy way to reach out. And if you're listening to this podcast on a mobile device, um, I just had a listener, friend of ours, Melissa, who was just talking to me before Robin walked in. And she said, I really enjoyed the podcast last week. Um, and I tried to go and leave a rating and a review and I couldn't figure out how to do that. And it turns out she was using an app that I looked at it with her and we couldn't figure out how to, where you leave the review or the, the rating. But if you're listening using, uh, an iPhone, the podcast app that just comes with an iPhone, that's already defaults on your phone. Uh, if you scroll all the way to the bottom past all of the available episodes for each week, the very bottom is is where you'd go to leave that five star rating uh leave us a review if you have a few moments to just type something quick uh, your comments or thoughts on on what you get out of the show that would really be helpful to us and we'd really appreciate that because it does help uh, the podcast to reach more people and give people a sense of what to expect from listening to it so um yeah if you wouldn't mind doing that we would so appreciate that and again contact us if you have thoughts on the show suggestions for things that Robin and I could talk about or guests, people in uh, the Pinocchio or Basha community, or um, I'm also, I'm all, I'm always traveling quite a bit. And there's a few people on my radar that I'd like to talk to that are in kind of Edmonton area or other parts of Alberta that I think would be great to add to the show as well. So we'll leave it there for this week. Robin, thank you so much for this Thanks, ben. great conversation and a great cup of coffee. And maybe next week, uh, now that you've upping your you're upping your skills and your equipment with your new bottom, you can bring coffee, or we can record at your place, and we won't have to wait for your dogs to come in. All right, we'll, sure. we'll leave it there for now. Thanks in, again, everyone, for listening, and have a great week. We'll catch you next time.